Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. I'm Tyler Tischlar with Superior Book Promotions in Marquette, Michigan, filling in this evening for Irene Watson from Reader Views. And I'm Victor Volkman from Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'd like to welcome all our listeners to episode number 126 in our series. Tonight's topic will be Organizing a Successful Book Fair with special guest Valerie Coleman. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. We'd love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send us your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. Now tonight we're on the line with best-selling author, award-winning publisher, and entrepreneur, Valerie Coleman. She is on a mission to be a voice for self-published authors. She has coached thousands of aspiring authors through the publishing process and conducts workshops that provide step-by-step instructions on prepping, printing, and pricing literary works. She founded the Pen to Paper Literary Symposium in 2004, an annual conference that draws participants from Washington to Florida. Past presenters include Dan Pointer, Vicki Stringer, Perry Ebony Satin Brown, and Kendra Norman Bellamy. In 2005, Coleman co founded Write On Workshop, which is geared towards the novice writer. In 2010, Coleman joined forces with LaTanya Branham and Charlotte Brown to launch the Dayton Book Expo, www.daytonbookexpo.com. The first event drew over 50 authors from around the nation and almost 500 book lovers. Her own books include the anthologies Blended Families and Tainted Mirror. Well, good evening, Valerie. Good evening, Victor. Thank you for having me. Hi Valerie, we're we're glad to have you. Um and I'm I'm surprised actually to hear that the Dayton Book Expo just started last year. So could you tell us a little bit first off about uh what was the catalyst for getting it started? I've been traveling the nation as a, as an author and publisher, going into various cities to participate at their citywide book signing events. And I've been to Charlotte, um, Baltimore Memphis, Atlanta, and oftentimes finding out Chicago that those are great events, but there was always something, maybe just a little something missing, and more importantly, we weren't doing anything like that in Dayton, Ohio. So I really wanted to bring a workshop slash conference slash expo to the city of Dayton, you know, to, to bring a little flavor into my hometown. And how did you, uh, like, you, you actually drew 50 authors, which sounds like a lot to me, and 500 um, book lovers. So how did you how did you go about selling it to all those people to get them to come to Dayton? I, since I've been at this for over 10 years now, holding conferences in the, in the publishing business, I have a pretty extensive mailing list. So most of the authors came as a result of doing, like, email blasts to my current um, um, people on my mailing list, and then we, of course, we took advantage of Facebook and Twitter and, you know, the social networking sites like booktour.com. Also, we individually, it was three of us, myself, Charlotte Brown, and Latanya Brown, each of us have our own mailing list and our own, you know, list of people, and so we all reached out to our fan base or our readers or our, our fellow, and as a result, we had a large, you know, collective of people, 
in addition to that, when I was out at other speaking events, I would always, you know, promote the Daybook Expo. When I was down in Cincinnati for their book fair, I had flyers and postcards and mentioned the Daybook Expo. So several of the authors who were at that event came down to our event and just really getting the word out. Yeah, and I, I as uh, I met you at the Motown Rares conference, and you were promoting it there too in Detroit. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so can you tell us? You, you mentioned before that you'd been to all these other uh, book fairs in the past, and you felt some of them had something missing. Uh, so, what what do you think are the key elements that are essential to make a book fair successful? There, there are a lot of different things that need to be done. I think one of the first things I've seen in going to some of the events is that they weren't well planned. And when I when I say that there, the, the attention is in the, the difference in the workshop and the conference is in the detail of the planning. It's the small things that make the difference. And I've been to a lot of conferences where there was no consideration given for the authors, who typically are the ones who pay to participate. And so I may be at an event all day and no provision for food, um, no provision for volunteers. So if I if I travel alone, because oftentimes you know I'm going to other cities, so I don't take someone with me because of the expense. So I travel alone. I have to man the table all day because no volunteers are provided, and then there's no food provided. So now I may be there for eight hours, you know, with nothing to eat, or maybe whatever I brought with me, you know, but nothing really substantial. So. What we did with the Dayton Book Expo is we looked at some of the, the pluses that we liked in other conferences. We drew those in, and the things that we didn't like, you know, we made sure that we had those things accommodated. So we added, say, for example, um, the meals. We provided breakfast and lunch for the authors, not the book lovers, but specifically for the authors. And then we had volunteers who were there. When the authors arrived, the volunteers were in place to help them unload and their vehicles and, of course, load them back up at the end of the night when they wanted to take a break or when it was time for them to go to lunch or if they were a presenter and were speaking in one of the sessions, then we had a volunteer available for them to, you know, cover their table. Now, they didn't transact sales necessarily for them, but they were there for the purpose of manning the table and telling the people about the book and letting them know the author will be returning at such and such a time to, uh, you know, keep the traffic flowing and to let people know that the author is here. The table's not vacant. The author's here. They just went on break. That that sounds like, a, in some ways, kind of a small thing, but at the same time, I, I completely appreciate that because I, I was at an event just um, around Christmas time where they actually fed us lunch, and I was in shock. I was getting mm-hmm. lunch because I usually mm-hmm. bring, like, granola bars, and I'm starving by mm-hmm. the end of the day, and mm-hmm. you only maybe dare to go to the bathroom once in eight hours. Right. So that, that Those are all just, uh, you know, definitely elements that make it so much easier for the authors. Right. And and our reason for doing that was because we realized that, and I think another thing that people fail to do when they're putting on the conference is that they fail to realize that they have multiple audiences um, to whom they need to uh, focus. So for our conference, we we had sponsors. We were working on sponsorships. So we had the audience, you know, of sponsors, and there were different things that we needed to do to address the sponsors. When it came to the authors, you know, they had different needs, and we wanted to make sure that we accommodated their needs with discounted hotel, um, making sure they had parking passes. If they parked in the garage, they didn't have to pay to park. Um, 
of course, like we said, the breakfast and lunch, and then the other amenities that we offered to the authors to make sure that not only were they coming to the event on the hopes of selling books, but they came to the event, they had the opportunity of having their book sales reported to New York Times, so any books that were sold and then accounted for at our redemption table were reported to New York Times, and then the top sellers, based off of those same counts, were uh, awarded crystal plaques, um, which again, they have front page coverage on our on our homepage coverage on our website. And then we took on to consideration a lot of media attention because a lot of these authors weren't from our area. Many people wouldn't necessarily know who they were; they wouldn't be familiar with them. So we did media releases. You know, we did um, t- we did radio, we did TV, we did magazine and newspaper. We uh, distributed almost fifteen thousand postcards into the community. We had posters. And that's just physical things outside of the online presence on, you know, the social networks, our website. So we really put a lot of effort into drawing in a crowd so that when the authors got there, they didn't feel like they paid the money, the time, the energy, the effort, the, you know, the booth fee, the travel, and everything else that's involved and didn't get something out of it. Let's talk about how you recruit volunteers for a book fair. Do you talk to retirees, students, or other kinds of people? As I know, this is just a crucial ingredient to having a successful book fair. We had a little bit of, of, of all of those. We had um, one, of, one, of the, one of the partners, Charlotte, her son was in a program at a local high school. And part of the criteria for the students is that they have to do some volunteering. So she recruited maybe 10 students from that program to participate as volunteers. Um, then Latanya Branham, who was responsible for the uh, recruiting volunteers, that was really her function, she had a friend who had a lot of book lovers. So we had a couple of book clubs represented. We had a couple of retirees who were, um, one, the wife was in the book club and the husband was just there supporting. And so we probably had about 20 to 25 volunteers in, in total, of course, all of our husbands participated because that's that's mandatory. That's a given. So Latanya, Charlotte, and I, our husbands, they, had, they, they didn't have a choice. So there's three volunteers right there. So uh, that's really how we how we you know it was more of a um, you know a working on our network of friends. Then we had some people who just you know approached and said, "Hey, this is a great thing you're doing. How can I help?" So we had some people just come and find us. But at the end of the day, we ended up with about twenty to twenty five volunteers. Wow, you had an outreach to book clubs. That's something I hadn't even thought of. Let's talk about libraries. Did you have a special program to get a hold of them? Well, we contacted our our local libraries, our main branch. They were having an event the week before. So they were so focused on getting prepared for that that we didn't get a lot of um, assistance from the local library. However, they were going to do some um, communications for us, so we were able to distribute the postcards through the library. And they, they were going to do a glass through their mailing list, the e-blast. I can't confirm if they did that or not. So we did we did do some things with the local libraries, mainly dropping off postcards and, you know, talking with them, talking with the staff there and making sure it was okay to leave our promotional information there um, for their, for their uh, patrons. Let's talk about the experience from the point of view of an attendee. If I come to your book expo, what will I see when I get there? How will I find my way around, and how will I find, you know, authors I might be interested in? 
Well, the first, when they come into the facility, we had at Sinclair Community College, and they have this conference room, which is a very beautiful hall that has glass walls all around. So it makes for a great presentation. Even if we don't do anything, the facility is just beautiful. And so with that, though, when they arrive, they're greeted at a, at a registration table with a couple of our volunteers who, um, we, we, of course, we requested that they sign up just for the sake of capturing emails so when we have the event next year, you know, we can communicate with them. But upon signing up then, they got a gift bag, which had information about the city of Dayton and then the program booklet that we had created for the Dayton Book Expo. And it also had some maybe men and uh, Indiana Wesleyan had donated some um, chapstick and ink pens. Um, we had promotional postcards for some of the authors who wanted their promotional postcards included. So the so the gift bag had a few little trinkets in there, uh, some bookmarks, you know, little things like that. And then the the booklet, the program book booklet for the Dayton Book Expo, listed on the inside page listed the what we entitled the featured authors. So these were the maybe about twelve to eighteen authors who invested um, additional money beyond the the registration for the event to have full color, either their picture and book cover plus the synopsis or just their book cover and synopsis included in the full-color uh, booklet. So that makes a great presentation for those authors. And on the back side of that booklet, it included the itinerary for the day, you know, the rooms that the different events were going to be in and the times, the speakers and the sessions that we're going to be having throughout the day. It included all of our sponsors. And then it also included a list of all 50 authors um, and cate categorized by genre. In addition to that booklet, inside of the booklet we had a, uh, a, a extra sheet of paper that had a map of the room which laid out the table layout and then the tables were numbered. And then on the back side of that, it listed the table author's name by number. I put the authors in alphabetical order um, just for the sake of not having to say, well, why did I get here and I should have been there. I'm the logistics person, so the only, the only um, uh, you know, and you but you'll be surprised how, how difficult that can be if you don't plan it appropriately. You know, you just say, well, go take any table. If we had people who needed electricity, so we had to make sure they were near the specific outlets for electricity. Um, you know, we had the children's authors. I put all of them in one area because we had the children's zone in the upper right um, section of the room. So I put all the children's authors in that same area because they were there uh, so that the children could, you know, spot the authors. Some of them had, you know, special gimmicks and little things and other uh, things, costume characters. So the kids, you know, were focused in that area. And then when they did reading, they were right there in the area so they didn't have to travel far from the table. So all the children's authors were together, but all the other genres were just mixed in by alphabetical order. And I did that intentionally because I didn't want the book lovers to specifically say they just wanted inspirational authors. If all the inspirational authors were in one area, they would just go to that area and possibly not visit the other tables. So I just kind of sprinkled them all in. So they had to walk the whole room, depending upon who they wanted to see. In addition to that, on that card, not only was it the author's table number and the author's name, there was also a space for the author to initial. So my intent for that, we called it our incentive card. The intent is for the um, visitors to go to every author talk to the authors, you'll see their product that they're offering, get the author to initial. If they completed the entire card, which means they had to go visit every table, which was about 50 or so tables, and filled out the information on the um, card, then they would be entered into a drawing for a gift basket. And we had this 
nice gift basket full of book lover stuff, you know, um, bookmarks, free books, chocolates. I think we had coffee in there, you know, tea, just different things that a book lover would want. A nice uh, book, uh, a gift basket. I think we even had a vacation voucher in there. You know, book lovers like to go on vacation and read. So we had all that package in one nice package, and um, we gave that away to um, the person who's been withdrawn from those who completely visited or completed out the, the comment card. So, again, that was an effort for us to keep the people circulating and, and getting in to talk to all the authors and not just going in to see their favorite local author. Valerie, earlier did you say that um, be besides the tables for the authors, now do you, do you have like sessions, like um, conference sessions at the, at the expo? Yes, we did. We had four hours worth of classes in a separate room. I've been to events where they have the authors in a one room and then the speaking sessions are in that same room, and it's next to impossible to either um, – do the workshop well because they're asking you to not talk so loud at your table mm -hmm. or you can't hear because the microphone for the speaker is so loud you can't communicate with the people who are coming to your table. So we made sure that we had the sessions in a separate room. Um, they were in you know close proximity and we had sessions on uh, writing, the basic writing skills you know for, for the new writer. Then we had sessions on traditional publishing, self-publishing. We had a, a brief session on book clubs. We had a book club uh, representative there, and so she spoke on, you know, how do you start a book club, you know, what what type of components would a book club want to consider, and choosing reads for your book club. So she talked on that, and then we had a session from, from our two featured authors who both have books on relationships, but they spoke on their books um, in the context of relationships, and, and um, so those were the different sessions that we offered. And it, it worked quite well, you know. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like they're kind of divided between sessions for authors and sessions for book lovers. And right. I'm sure there's a lot of book lovers that think about being authors, and of course authors are book lovers. So. Right, right, exactly. And, and it was uh, very well received. We had a um, some authors who wanted to attend the session, but because you know they had a steady flow of people at their tables, they didn't come into the sessions. So we had we had the sessions recorded, and so hopefully uh, we're waiting on the gentleman to finish editing and doing whatever he has to do to them. So we'll have those available for the authors, you know, for them to uh, preview later. Oh, that's that's wonderful. Um, mm -hmm. Now the the book lovers that came were they mostly just from the Dayton area, or did you get people from other areas? Most of them were from Dayton um, proper. We had several people come in from Columbus, Ohio, which is about an hour, hour and 15 minutes um, east of Dayton. We had some people come in from Cincinnati and Indianapolis. Um, outside of the authors, we had, I know, a couple people come in from Michigan who were book lovers. Um, one lady in particular came down from the Detroit area because she's an author, but she wanted to come and check out the event before she attended. Yeah, so that's great. You know, it makes sense because she's probably been to events that weren't so well attended or weren't very well executed and said, I need to check this out first, which I recommend. That's a great, great idea. And so she's coming back next year, or in 2011, she'll be this year. Let's talk about how much advance planning is needed. Do you start six months in advance, 12 months in advance? How much in ahead of time do you start? 
Well, you know, I think to do it well, Victor, I think it needs to be at least a year in advance. Now, we came together initially and discussed the concept in October um, for the May event. However, I had fleshed out a, a significant portion of it because I was going to do a book fair in 2008. I teach writing and publishing to inmates and high school students, and one of my high school students uh, was working on a, a novel. And so she was scheduled to complete a novel in May or in April 2008, and I was going to have the workshop or the conference to promote the release of this high school student's book in May of 2008. Well, she didn't finish it, so I didn't put it on then, and I kind of put it on the back burner because I had other things going on. And one day, Latanya Charlotte and I just happened to meet up in a, in a location, a, a coffee house, and we started talking about, you know, our books and how things were going, and next thing you know, we're planning the book expo. But I'd say at the minimum a year in advance, and that is more so of formulating the concept behind the um, the event. You don't want to just um, throw something together. I think a six weeks or, you know, three months, that's really not enough time to, to really attract people, you know, because you want to have the authors, you want to have some expensive marketing to bring in the book lovers. And if you wait three months out, many of the authors um, may already be booked. You know, a lot of authors, like I have, opportunities coming up already in 2012. So they may be booked, you know, and not then you not have that presence there. So I'd say at least six months at the minimum, but we're working. We started working for the 2011 event. We started working like a week after our 2010 event. So we started right away. What things do we like? What things do we not like? What do we want to do differently? We, we, we uh, reviewed all the surveys and saw what the people liked. That's another important part is having surveys. So we reviewed the survey to get feedback from our authors and our book lovers, you know, to find out what things we could, you know, what we can modify. And one of the things we're going to modify is we're going to put the children in a different room because, you know, they've got a little rambunctious, so they wanted to, when it's time for the storyteller, if we, cause we had activities going on in the main room, basically authors can go up and, on the podium, microphone, and just briefly describe their books. Or we had, you know, um, occasional announcements about, you know, be sure to um, have your sale, the book, um, books autographed, and then bring them to the redemption table so that the, the, the sales can be tracked for New York Times and also for the awards. So we made, you know, occasional announcements. And that was a distraction for the children when they were trying to get the story. So we're going to move them into a separate room, um, and we may play some ambient background music because we know we have a theme song. So we had a theme song created specifically by a, uh, a stellar award-winning producer. So he made a theme song for us, and we played that on occasion. But a couple of authors said it would have been nice to have background music going off the whole time. We just want to be careful with that. We don't want it to play too loudly in, in the conversation. You're, you know, you're using the outside voice to communicate with someone who's standing three feet in front of you. So we want to keep that unit to soft noise. Music Let's talk about what the well-prepared author will bring to the show to have a nice-looking display and attract customers. Now, I believe I read that you're not allowing posters at this particular event. Is that correct? Right. And the reason why I didn't want to allow posters is I've been to, not that posters aren't allowed, but they have to be tabletop and no more than two feet high. Because the way the room is set up, the authors are side-by-side side around the perimeter of the room. Then we have like an interior uh, rectangle of authors. 
And so they're facing each other, and then there's some that are back-to-back. Um, and what I've, when I've been to events, I've been at places where some of them had this beautiful display, but it was gigantic, and it was so big that with me being next to them, and it wanted to encroach into what area I was designated, but more importantly, the display may have been floored to, say, seven or eight feet. So now I'm not visible, you know, upon entering the room or in the general traffic of people. I'm not visible. I'm kind of tucked away behind this other person's display. So we didn't want people to, you know, bring the big the big things that will kind of block others' views. Um, but posters are allowed as long as they're tabletop high because it is. Um, with the 50 authors, the room can accommodate up to 75 authors, but that is a very tight fit. And... Um, we wanted to make sure that, again, everyone was visible, not a, you know, a distraction for the other authors. Two-foot high tables, posters are allowed on the table. But other things that the authors should bring would be you know, the tables have a cloth on them, and it's not necessarily skirted, but it's such a big tablecloth that it can drape like a skirt. But I think um, authors should bring things like if they have their own banners that could go across the front of the table, that's, that's always a good thing. Definitely promotional material like postcards, business cards, bookmarks. You'd be surprised how many authors I meet who don't have business cards. Or if they have business cards, it doesn't have an email on there. And I'm like, well, what's your email? Well, go to my website. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I, shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to track you down to make contact with you. It should be on your business card. That's what it's for. You know, um, I like to see books uh, on stands, not just laid flat on the table, but a great presentation makes a difference. So if you have, like, little trinkets, I have trinkets that I also, um, other merchandising, T-shirts, trinkets, I have all those things that are all in conjunction with my book. Uh, authors, a well-prepared author should also bring a list that um, they can get people to sign up to be on the mailing list so that when they're back in the area, when the next book comes out, then they can reach out to them directly. Mints. Mints are always good to have at the table. And I think... Um, Tyler, you were talking about having your granola bars. I've been to events where I may have had a lot of mints, and by the time I'm leaving the event, I've eaten all the mints because I'm hungry. But, you know, having mints, just great, great presentation. Ink pens, you need to have ink pens. I um, accept credit card machines, so you need to have credit card machines and change. It sounds basic, but I actually have a travel, uh, uh, traveling survival kit is what I call it. I keep it in my car. And depending upon the capacity of the venue, it has everything I need right in my travel kit. My credit card receipts and slips, my change, my business card, my Sharpie pen for autographs, ink pens, my mailing list, postcards, promotional cards, table stand, and then about 20 books. All that's in one survival kit, which is basically the size of a carry-on in the airport. And I did that specifically when I fly to events. I travel with my product as my carry-on, and I ship my clothes as a check bag because I'd rather arrive and not have clothes than arrive and not have product. Absolutely. I have something I bring with me which I call the show box, which contains pretty much everything that you mentioned with just a couple extras, I believe, duct tape, uh, string, and uh, packing knife, which, of course, I would not bring on a plane. Right, right. Um, you were lucky to have uh, collaborators working with you on setting up the book expo. How did you distribute the workload so everyone just did their fair share? Well, what we did was we met 
I would say initially maybe every couple of weeks as we were formulating it. Then once we got everything formulated, it went to maybe once a month. Then we began to meet weekly the closer we drew to the event so everyone was on the same page. But what we did was Latanya Granham um, focused on the volunteers and the sponsors. In addition to what we did collectively in the planning, her emphasis was on the volunteers and the sponsors. Charlotte Brown, who was also a bookseller, has a bookstore. Um, she handled all the, the bookstore. We had an on-site bookstore for authors who couldn't attend but wanted to have their book um, on display and available for sale. So she manned that bookstore as well as um, handled reporting the sales to the New York Times after the event. She also handled the website. Charlotte keeps up with the um, updates on the website, and she does all our graphics. So the posters, the promotional postcards, the logo, she created the Book Expo logo and the Kids Zone logo, and then the Book Expo booklet. She took care of all that. So that's her field of expertise. We let her stay in her lane, and she did that. My responsibility was coordinating the authors, which was challenging when you have 50 people and everyone has different needs and they want to sign up for different things. So I use Excel to track all the different variables, the money coming in, you know, who paid by check, who paid through PayPal, because PayPal has a fee, um, who paid by credit card, you know, because there's a fee attached to that, who wanted electricity, who wanted this promotional opportunity, the booklet, who wanted to be on the postcards, who wanted to be in the media release, you know, all the different things that we offered to them. I kept track of all that, as well as all the communications with the authors. Um, maybe once a month, every few months or so, I sent out information. Here's what's going on with the expo. We've contacted these media people. Um, and we also gave them marketing tips on things that they can do in preparation for the expo or just in general. So we recommended that they um, list the event on Facebook and Twitter. We recommended that they go on Book Tour, a lot of whom didn't know about booktour.com, create a profile and list it there. Um, you know, we, we solicited from them the emails of the media people in their specific cities so that when we did the e-blast, because we listed all of the authors in the media release list at the time the media release went out, all the authors who were confirmed were included in the list with their name, their book title, and then their city. So that way, you know, if they um, communicate the information and it's picked up by the media, you know, then there's, there's presence for them in their local area as well as what we were doing. So we just kind of put a lot of things out there. Um, and then I handled the corporate marketing, which got into um, coordinating the interviews, conducting interviews, um, scheduling some things with radio, TV, the, the paid promotions, I took care of that. The media release, you know, I took care of writing that. And um, just the logistics of the, the, um, the whole event. I did the layout of the room, coordinated schedules, lunch schedules, coordinated the speaker schedules, anything that had to do with the authors and them being accommodated the day of the event, I was over overseer of the logistics relative to the event. Well, Valerie, I'm, I'm just, I feel kind of exhausted <laughs> just listening to you, but I... Yeah, me too. <laughs> I have to plan the, the UP Publisher and Authors Association meeting in May, and I'm, I've got some of it done, but I'm like, I get on it now, and now the holidays are over, and I get back into it. Um, mm -hmm. So when, when is the next um, Date and Book Expo? What is the date? It's going to be April 30th, 2011, and it's from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. 
at St. Clair Community College, which is in downtown Dayton. Okay. And is there, uh, since you just told us everything you went through last year, um, and you, you mentioned that you were going to have a separate room for children, but is there anything mm-hmm. else that you're going to be doing differently or anything that you you know now that if you had known then you would have done differently? We are going to offer more promotional opportunities for the authors. With the 2010 event, authors had the options of being a court in, of the, uh, the booklet that all the attendees received. They had the option also of being on our promotional postcards. The front side of the postcard had information about the expo. It was free and open to the public, um, where it was located, of course, um, some of the sessions that we were going to offer, the kids' zone information. And on the back side of the postcard, those authors who, you know, invested in that, their book cover was included on the back, no more than 10. We limited to 10 so that the book covers, you know, were legible. And so 10 authors' um, book covers were on the back side of the card. Again, we distributed 15,000 out into the community. So in addition to those opportunities, we're also offering this year the opportunity to have the book cover image on the home page. Um, also, an exclusive media release for the authors of new titles. Any books that released from June of 2010 until the Clean Book Expo 2011, they will have the opportunity to be a part of our what we call our new release promo, which will include an exclusive media release just for the names of those authors and their book titles, possibly a brief synopsis depending upon how many authors we get involved to do that. Right now I think we have two or three confirmed doing that. Um, but they're also we're going to have a cake with their book covers on the cake. We're going to have balloon bouquet at their table so they kind of stand out a little bit from the other authors. They'll have a highlight in the booklet, and it'll probably just maybe be an asterisk or something to indicate that they are a new book release. And then we're also offering this time what we call the Reader's Round, where authors um, can have a specific uh, time slot of 15 minutes in the private room where we're having the speaker session, have 15 minutes where they can talk to the group specifically about their book um, on, on a more intimate setting. So those are some of the... Uh, new promotional things we're offering. We're also looking this year to incorporate some incentives for uh, the students in the community. I've I've reached out to a couple high schools and a couple elementary schools to possibly do a book project with the students um, where I'll go in and teach the the students some writing principles, you know, like once a month for, for three or four months. And then the English teacher will coordinate the students submitting stories for an anthology. I'll take care of getting the book published and have it ready for the, the, the event in um, April 30th, 2011. So we'll spotlight this group of students who are now published authors. So we're working on that now. And I have, a, I have two or three schools who are interested, so we're trying to see if uh, that will work out for them. And if not, we may incorporate an essay contest uh, for the kids. And then the biggest thing we're shooting for is to have a 1,000 book lovers this time instead of almost 500. I love everything that you're doing for the kids. I think that's great to get them interested and in, involved early on. And so many, I, I know as a kid, I was like a like a closet writer. I didn't tell anybody I was writing books. Mm. Nobody would seem to understand. So to, to get them involved that early, I think that's wonderful. Um, can you tell us when people need to be registered by? What Are there any deadlines for signing up to attend, either as an author or as a book lover? Mm-hmm. The book lovers is just open. There's no registration or anything for them. The facility is humongous, so we can accommodate several thousand 
if we should have that many people, that would be wonderful. So space is not really a, a problem at the at the venue for the book lovers. For the authors, we started registration, initial registration, I believe was October the 1st. And we had incentive, incentive registration went through November the 15th. So now we're in our regular registration phase, which extends through February the 1st. And then after, after February the 1st, then we have what we consider, uh, I'm sorry, March the 1st. After March the 1st, we have late registration because we'll be working on the booklet, trying to get the program booklet done. We have to confirm the meals, you know, get the rooms and tables laid out. So the longer the authors wait, the more um, chaotic it gets to be for us at the end. So we gave the price reduction incentives to encourage them to come on board early to simplify the process for us. Another, you know, book fair or even conference planning type trick, you offer the early incentives to get them to get on early and minimize the rush at the end. Well, that's pretty complete information. I've just got one last question for you, Valerie, and that is a lot of authors aren't really comfortable talking in public about their books. Do you have any tips or strategies for them on how they get a conversation started and talk meaningfully about their products? Well, you know, for me, I don't like, when I'm out at events, because I collaborate with, with several other authors on events and we're out together, and they'll tell you, Valerie, when I sit down, I can't sit down behind that table. That doesn't work for me. The, the table actually serves as a barrier to communication. So oftentimes what I will do is I will walk around the table and stand in front of the table, especially if it's the type of booth where I have uh, like a three walls. I will actually pull my table. Most people will put their table right at the perimeter. I'll pull my table back so that the people actually come into my area. Um, and it, it, it makes for a more personal, more personable dialogue. But I think what's most important for the author is to, Know your product. If someone comes up to you and asks you, what's your book about, don't hand them the book and say, read the synopsis. You need to be able to tell them. <laughs> but you, Have you seen that happen, though? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. What's your book about? Well, read it, he'll read it. No, no, no. People, people, authors are celebrities to people, to non-authors. You're a celebrity. And they are intrigued by the celebrity of the fact that you are a published author. Not to say that publishing is easy, but it's not as daunting a task as it once was. So you have a celebrity um, about yourself, and people, you know, will be drawn to that. Your table presentation needs to be great, and, you know, even your pers your personable, how personable you are. Um, you know, if you have a grimace on your face, you, you're not attentive to the people, you don't make eye contact, you don't shake hands, you don't introduce yourself, those type of things are just basic um, communication skills that you need to develop. There's even, you know, like the firm handshake, you know, the rule for the firm handshake, eye contact, smiling, trying to remember their name, you know, uh, the basic communication type skills that will make for a better exchange are some of the things they want to look at. But more importantly, like I said, is knowing your product and having a great display on hand. And if they ask you about your book, be able to tell them without a bunch of thumbs and a lot of flowery words that don't convey a message and um, a lot of rambling because you'll get authors. And it, then it appears to the reader that you don't even know what your book is about. So if you don't know, I don't want to read it. 
Well, that is some great information. I just want to thank you on behalf of Tyler and myself and Irene, who couldn't be here for the show. Well, great. I thank you, Victor and Tyler, both for having me here. Valerie, please tell us your blogs, websites, and Twitter accounts. Okay, the Expo is at Dayton, D-A-Y-T-O-N, DaytonBookExpo.com. My website is PenOfTheWriter.com. That's P-E-N-O-F-T-H-E-W-R-I-T-E-R.com, PenOfTheWriter.com. I'm also on Facebook.com slash PenOfTheWriter, Twitter.com slash PenOfTheWriter, BookTour.com slash PenOfTheWriter, YouTube.com, Pen of the Writer, BlogTalk.com, Pen of the Writer, ShoutLife.com, Pen of the Writer. What other one? I know I'm missing one. MySpace.com, Pen of the Writer, and I know there's more. But everything I do is Pen of the Writer. Yeah, I think we could just uh, Google for Pen of the Writer, and I think you'll come up. Okay, this has been another podcast edition of Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. Stay tuned for the next episode, Getting Interviews, on AM, FM, Satellite, and Blog Talk Radio with special guest Alan E. Smith. We'd love to hear your from you about tonight's show. Please send us your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. Authors Access is a joint production of Reader Views Incorporated and Loving Healing Press. For Superior Book Promotions, this is Tyler Tishar in Marquette, Michigan, again filling in for Irene Watson. And I'm Victor Volkman from Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan, wishing you all a good evening. We'll close tonight's broadcast with the complete theme of the Dayton Book Expo. Expo, the Expo, Expo, Dayton Book Expo, Expo, the Expo.